Welcome to While Doing Laundry, a podcast for parents with mountains of laundry and a heart for change. I'm your host, Emily Edwards, and I'll be your guide on this weekly ethical exploration of parenthood. I'm a nurse, a mom, and a fierce advocate for choice. When I became a parent, I quickly realized I had overestimated how much I knew about anything that actually mattered and underestimated the sheer volume of laundry I would have to deal with. So if you're anything like me, I'm ready to challenge those old beliefs, learn new ways to view the world, and finally feel like you're embracing the massive, messy transformation that is parenthood. Don't go anywhere. Grab your laundry basket and some earbuds, and let's get started listening to this week's episode. Welcome back to another week of While Doing Laundry. I am your host, Emily Edwards, and this week, we will be diving in to the second part of the Care Expectation series, which is an exploration of what rules already exist that can support you in the birth experience that you want to have, and also the rules that can help you understand what went wrong and why you are still feeling resentful, guilty, or even like a failure when it comes to your own birth. Spoiler alert, this series is focused on the practice standards of nursing staff. Particularly, we will be focusing on the College of Nurses of Ontario practice standards. And today's episode will be diving into the core standard of therapeutic nurse client relationship which is the document that covers the heavy hitting foundational expectations that your nursing staff are already held to. These expectations and these standards are not unique to any particular area of nursing. They are not practice standards that govern only one specialty and they are not rules that any nurse is exempt from. This covers anyone who is a registered nurse. That includes uh, registered practical nurses as well as registered nurses and includes beyond that to our advanced practice nurses, nurse practitioners, and um, yeah, anyone in that, that umbrella. No one is exempt from these rules. And I think this may be a very shocking series for people to hear because what you will learn is that there are very black and white expectations already in place. And what you are asking for, or perhaps what you were expecting to experience while in that care dynamic, while in a therapeutic nurse-client relationship, you didn't have your needs met. And that means that your care team failed you. And you're going to learn why. This standard in particular is an extremely heavy hitting one and will cover a number of important topics. So we will start at the very beginning and read quotes directly from this document. As I mentioned, the series will cover the practice standards and other guiding documents that are behind nursing practice, particularly in Ontario. With the very specific geographical context, keep in mind all of these documents and these governing bodies exist for your area. 
So please um, reach out if you have specific questions, but a basic Google search of, again, your state or your province combined with College of Nurses or Board of Nurses, um, something along those lines will give you these rules, include practice standards in that search as well, and it will help bring up something specific. Um, again, if you're having trouble, reach out. That is what I'm here for. I want this information into the hands of the people who need it most. Because ironically, what good is any of this if you don't know that it exists? Because as we'll learn, um, these practice standards are here to protect you. And if you don't know that they're there, what good are they? So here's a quote directly from the College of Nurses of Ontario. Nursing standards are expectations that contribute to public protection. They inform nurses of their accountabilities and the public on what to expect of nurses. Standards apply to all nurses regardless of their role, job description, or area of practice. Introduction. At the core of nursing is the therapeutic nurse-client relationship. The nurse establishes and maintains this key relationship by using nursing knowledge and skills, as well as applying caring attitudes and behaviors. Let us stop right there. As a birth experience expert and someone who has now devoted my life to hearing other people's birth experiences and helping guide them through what has left them feeling really broken, often comes down to the attitude and behavior of their care staff, in particular the nurses. They were met with the opposite of caring attitudes and the behavior that was presented to them was anything but professional. So we can imagine that these relationships that are expected to be based in trust, respect, empathy, and professional intimacy and using appropriate power get demolished when care staff, nursing staff, treat patients or clients in a way that do not meet their needs and really disrespect them. Under the components of the nurse-client relationship are five core pieces. So as I mentioned, trust, respect, professional intimacy, empathy, and power. Trust is critical because can you as the client or the patient, regardless of the setting, but particularly when giving birth, you are extremely vulnerable. That is why trust tops the list and that it is important that your care providers establish this piece above all else. Respect is the recognition of the inherent dignity, worth, and uniqueness of individuals, regardless of any reason that exists that another person may judge them. So this in particular calls on nurses to address their own internal biases around any number of ways that they could be discriminating against clients without even knowing it, as well as actively participating in damaging, disrespectful uh, actions. Um, again, whether that is rooted in race, socio socioeconomic status, or simply because 
they do not agree with a patient's choices, um, respect is essential. It is the piece that places you as the adult and a decision maker in this relationship. And without it, we can't move forward. Professional intimacy is a concept that you may not have heard of before. And it particularly is inherent in the type of care and services that nurses provide. It talks about, again, that professional intimacy or the closeness of perhaps the related, uh, the physical activities that we're involved in. Again, if you are listening to this and you have given birth, you can appreciate the physical closeness that nursing staff have when it comes to birth. But it also might include the psychological aspects, spiritual and the social pieces that are part of that plan of care, the person in the care. And having access to such intimate information, the secrets and the darkness that people carry comes great responsibility. And it's not something that can be wielded as a weapon against anyone in the future. Empathy is the expression of understanding. It goes a long way to validate a patient's experience. And even more so, to appreciate and resonate that this experience for that person is incredibly important. Like I have said before, birth is a triumphant experience. If the people around you are not treating it as such, it's going to be very difficult for you to engage with it as such. Lastly, let's talk about power. The power that comes with being a nurse is immense. We hold life and death in our hands. Hey, I'm so sorry to interrupt this incredible episode of While Doing Laundry, but I have an important announcement for those of you who are pregnant. I have developed the very first Care Expectations download just for you. Document that helps you communicate clearly with your care providers and letting them know exactly what you are okay and not okay with when it comes to your birth. This care expectation document is not a birth plan. Instead, it's the secret sauce that gets your birth plan heard. So whether or not you're planning a home, hospital, or birth center birth, and whether or not this is your first or your fourth kid, this document is for you. And guess what? You get a bonus 30-minute one-on-one call with me. We'll go over your care expectations and figure out exactly how you want to be treated in your birth. So what are you waiting for? Pause the episode, head to the show notes, grab that download, and come on back to hear the rest of this week's episode. seems impressive, but it's nothing compared to the fact that we are the people who keep others safe, but with that power comes the ability to harm them too. 
And we need to recognize from the get-go that this relationship is always one of unequal power. As the nurse in this dynamic, I automatically have more power than you as the client. Again, this is a big, big discussion and the concept of power and, and hierarchy and everything that goes along with it is very, very big, but just on a very basic fundamental level, you know, I have more authority and influence within the healthcare system. There's that specialized knowledge, perhaps the vocabulary that is different, um, the access to privileged, privileged information. You simply can't open your chart up on your, your phone. Things are changing, but all of those little pieces inherently give the nurse in the dynamic more power. And you feel that on a visceral level, your, your body feels the power shift. And unfortunately, the conversation that occurs around nursing and power reminds me a lot of the discussion around policing and power. These professions crave to be seen as heroes and often do heroic things. But you can't claim those glorious moments and not acknowledge the fact that what your profession is built on is it a power imbalance that places you in control. And that whether, again, you're looking at the criminal uh, justice system or the medical industrial complex, it is set up to disenfranchise people and keep certain people in positions of weakness and amplify others. And there's no better way to see that than in, um, actually, if you hang out on Instagram, you'll notice there's some posts that um, I particularly talk about nursing and uh, talking about the approach that's used or the treatment towards birthing people. And I get lots of thanks. Like, I think it's really important that patients advocate for themselves, but dot, 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 or I never do this in my practice. I'm always supportive. Or I've worked with tons of great nurses. Um, they, they do such a wonderful job. I think you need to be nicer about this. I, I won't be. Because those comments to me equate to an all lives matter approach or not all cops are bastards. Not all nurses are bitches. Is that what we want to say? Is that the point that we're trying to make? Obviously, not everyone is like that. The point is, is if our college, our governing body deems it important enough to put in one of the most powerful practice standards that guides nursing practice, they think it's important to talk about and address, so do I. What better place than social media? What better place than to go and talk about our experiences as birthing people and what we had said to us or what we felt and as care providers? Go and listen to the things that happen. Perhaps you no longer notice or because in fact your practice is excellent that you no longer think about the monstrous, horrendous things that get said. That's the case. I want to say good for you, but really your head's in the sand. 
we don't even collect race-specific data in Canada, let alone have discussions over how we treat Black, Indigenous, people of color in this country. We can look to our people in the States and know that there are alarming discrepancies between the, the death rate, the number of living pregnant people who give birth and are white and the number who are black and who dies. This is not new information. What is new is that we need to start talking about it from the sense of there are rules in place to prevent this from happening and no one's doing anything about it. And that is what I'm here for. This is what the Care Expectation Series is highlighting, that there are ways for you to enforce and reinforce your needs being met and then hold people accountable for not meeting them. There's no more second guessing whether or not the way you were treated was okay or not. We have ways to figure that out now and you have support to bring your concerns forward to the places that they'll be heard. This is only the first paragraph of this practice standard. Those were just five points that I can already blow up the number of ways that this is not followed in everyday routine care, particularly in labor and delivery. I think the other piece um, that's really important to touch on before we move forward um, is the fact that in this document, they use a glossary right at the top here, and they cover the, the definition of abuse. Nested within this practice standard is the issue of patient or client abuse, and um, that will be a post in and of itself. But it's really important to know that this document, there, there's no need to search too far for staff to understand what's expected of them. And it is not too much to ask to not be abused. Because again, it is clearly, clearly bolded here with a nice red title that says glossary. Directly below that, bolded in black, it says abuse. And there's a description there. So hang on and buckle up. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you are right now. And also subscribe to the email list so you do not miss this discussion. It's going to be happening over the next few weeks where we really dissect this document um, and the practice standards to help you define the care expectations that you have for your own birth experience, and then how to make it happen. So again, we'll be back to this abuse topic and dive further into this standard, this practice standard. So the therapeutic nurse-client relationship includes therapeutic communication. So that is expected that your nurse uses a wide range of effective communication strategies and interpersonal skills to appropriately establish, maintain, reestablish, and terminate the nurse-client relationship. Okay? Like, I have the biggest urge to read this document out word for word give you the audiobook version, but I'm not. I am going to encourage you to head to the show notes and open this bad boy up though. This PDF is loaded with really good information, but in particular, it notes all of the ways 
that it is expected that the nurse who is caring for you meets this standard statement and gives them numerous ways to do that. The client-centered care. Uh, number two, nurses work with the client to ensure that all professional behaviors and actions meet the therapeutic needs of the client. How many of you felt like a burden when you presented for care in your pregnancy, when you were in birth, when you showed up to the labor and delivery ward, ready to birth, and you were met with some sort of annoyance? That's not client-centered care. I can at random pick out one of the indicators that the nurse meets this standard by recognizing that the client's well-being is affected by the nurse's ability to effectively establish and maintain a therapeutic relationship. Again, we're focusing here on you, the client. Your well-being is affected by the nurse's ability to do this. Or let's say reflecting on how stress can affect the nurse-client relationship and appropriately managing the cause of the stress so the therapeutic relationship isn't affected. These are just two points out of many that highlight the ways that it is not only suggested, it is expected that nursing staff conduct themselves and behave while they're caring for you. Registered nurses have a four-year undergraduate degree in which they spent lots of time studying these documents. They should know their practice standards inside out and backwards. Because at the end of the day, you can have as many certificates and skills as you want, but if you cannot use them while upholding these standards, they're pointless, they're useless, and they're going to hurt somebody. These practice standards are here to protect the client. That's what we need to be doing. Number three, maintaining boundaries. Nurses are responsible for effectively establishing and maintaining the limits or boundaries in the therapeutic nurse-client relationship. This one seems obvious, but it often leads to a lot of confusion and there is a lot of gray area. Um, I remember we focused so much in school on discussions around gifts and whether or not to accept them or, a, you know, as simple as a small token of appreciation or something larger. When in reality, we just spend enough time on other things, like such as discussing, you know, developing and following a concept a comprehensive care plan with the client and healthcare team that aims to meet the client's needs. That's how you can meet this standard. It's not about all about accepting or not accepting gifts. There's other ways that we need to be championing. There are other ways that we really need to be focusing on to support people in this. Again, the whole concept of giving and accepting gifts is one that gets sticky, but um, at the end of the day, this document is a, a, means a lot more than just that. So number four, protecting the client from abuse. 
Nurses protect the client from harm by ensuring that abuse is prevented or stopped and reported. This will be an episode all on its own. I'm going to specifically read out the indicators of this standard that really are often violated, to be honest, within the labor and delivery or perinatal health space and highlight the ways that this happens on the regular. If you're a care provider, if you're a nurse listening, if you're a doula, I want you to listen to this episode. It will be out next week on Wednesday. Um, And really listen and reflect on your own practice. It can feel really hard to reflect, especially around uh, patient abuse and whether or not you have been a perpetrator of such. But if we don't take the time to really listen to what that is and truly look at our practice against that description, we're going to continue to hurt people. And we are going to continue to allow hurt and harm to occur. So this is going to get deep. And for those of you listening who are pregnant and wanting to definitely create a birth experience where your care expectations are met and exceeded and respected, make sure that you reach out. Uh, The care expectations template is a tool that I've created for people who are wanting to identify what their own care expectations are, but also create a clear way to communicate it to everyone around them. Because just like uh, the birth plan, right? It's no good if we tuck it away and no one knows what we want. So this is a combination of saying, this is what I know is possible. This is what I know you are expected to do. And this is how you're going to treat me. So do not miss an episode, subscribe, and make sure that you tune in next week at this time with a big old pile of laundry because we are getting down to it. Rogue Nurse Emily is on the the education train. We are going to learn all about the ways that there are already things in place to protect you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to While Doing Laundry. I hope you're feeling enlightened and your own pile of clothing is a little bit smaller. If you love what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you hit subscribe and left a quick rating and review so more people just like you can explore parenthood while doing laundry.